0: Hello everyone, this is Caroline, one half of the Celtic Traders.
1: And Phil, the other half of the Celtic Traders.
0: This is the beginnings of our podcast. This is episode number one. And we've decided we're going to try doing a podcast that doesn't tempt you to look away from your laptop or computer when you're listening. It's really interesting to listen to other people and what they bought, what they've sold. But there's so much temptation to stop doing what you're doing and click on to the visuals to see what they're showing you. So we've decided this is a good idea because now you can get on with your work with no distractions.
1: This isn't going to take away from anything we're already doing. We're still planning to keep up with the output on a Saturday night with our live shows that will still be happening at nine o'clock and our Wednesday sales of the week will still be going ahead and all of our input on the Facebook page as well. This is in addition to, this is something different. As Caroline says, it's hopefully just meeting another niche because there are those times in the reselling world when you have to be occupied. But whilst you're busy, it's nice to have something to listen to and maybe Just having a listen to how things are happening here at the Celtic Traders, the sorts of things we're doing, the things we're discovering and just sharing a little about ourselves, it will be of interest to some of you. So let's see how it goes.
0: For anybody who doesn't know who on earth we are, who are these people doing a reselling podcast? Well, we are the Celtic Traders. We're Phil and Caroline, we live in the Welsh Valleys and we've been selling on eBay now for about five, six years, seriously. Before that we'd sold a bit but five or six years seriously and we buy from anywhere that sells things. We buy from car boot sales, charity shops, we go over to France and shop in the Bricants, just about anywhere. And we find the most unusual things. Some people tend to focus on one item and they specialize. That for me doesn't work because I get easily bored. So we tend to sell an eclectic bunch of things, a little bit of everything.
1: Yes, I often say... That Caroline I feel has redefined the whole idea of eclectic especially when it comes to reselling and the number of comments we get on our sales videos and all videos about it's just amazing what you guys buy and sell but the other thing it's interesting is because we cover such an eclectic mix it's lovely to hear from people who've gone into a shop seen an item and they've said I would have walked back out and not even thought to abort it, but I remembered you saying you'd sold one for fifteen pounds, twenty pounds. There it was for a pound fifty p. I picked it up, and it sold. So that's that's what it's about. We generally have a, an eye on anything that we feel can make a profit. That's the name of the game.
0: Yes, as long as there's money in it, we'll sell it. As I always say, if it stands still long enough, I'll sell it. So best keep moving.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. That's why I'm always on the move.
0: Yes, we do have uh, a few things that come into the house that perhaps one or the other of us wants to keep. But then again, when we check the price, hmm, temptation steps in and we end up selling it instead.
1: I have to just interrupt there and say that at the moment we are sat in our living room and there is an incredible view here where we live out over the valleys. Uh, But also, we share our living room with a rather large friend. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. A a big, fluffy dog who has appeared on a couple of videos, uh, some of which I think were probably six months apart. And when I carried this huge, furry dog through the streets, I was informed by my wife that it was a good buy and that it would sell well. Well. I'm sure she's right. Hmm. But as we all know, you got to list it to sell it. And for some reason, this big old English sheepdog fluffy toy that's pretty much as big as me hasn't been listed yet.
0: No, he's keeping my exercise bike company. He does he like does. to exercise. He so does. at the moment, he's sat on my exercise bike looking very, very fit and very cute. It's going to be difficult to sell him, but I think he is going to go before Christmas.
1: And I think if he goes, the exercise bike course, because he's the only one of us that gets on it at the moment.
0: He is, yes. Neither of us are particularly fit at the moment. We tend to spend so much time in front of our desks. We are developing quite a sedentary lifestyle, and the excess fat that goes with that lifestyle. But still, we are deciding now. We are going to try and get a little bit more fit because we desperately need to.
1: That's one thing. The the walking round car boot sales in the summer certainly takes up some time and the hours we put in walking through the streets of Newport and other places searching charity shops so I suppose it's not all sedentary, but um, it's certainly something we have to look to.
0: That's right because well if we get a big enough car boot sale we can spend three hours on our feet constantly walking when we go into a town if we go to a big town you're looking at an hour and a half the problem is whenever we go to a big town like Newport, we spend an hour and a half on our feet and half hour in Weatherspoon's having a breakfast. So it really is a bit counterproductive there.
1: But you have to eat to live.
0: You do, yes.
1: So it's ne- never be too harsh on yourself. But yeah, we, as I look around the room, we do have, uh, as I say, the dog, which is not listed yet. We have the amazing French lamp that we bought that stands about five foot, six, six foot tall. It's an absolute table lamp in as much as it's four lamps sprouting out of a table. Uh, So that's pretty unique. There are two spinning wheels. There's a set of speakers that I picked up at auction. There's a wardrobe that, well, not a wardrobe, sorry, a sideboard, I should say, a 1950s, 60s sideboard. There's a large table that carries a toy train set. So I suppose we could talk at this moment about the issue of storage.
0: Yes, fortunately (laughs) we have dealt with the storage issue. Things have been getting a little bit out of control here at Celtic Traders HQ. Things have been getting very, very full and cluttered. So we decided we needed to do something. Well, we went to look at an office which was directly across the valley from us and it was perfect. We were going to have a YouTube filming studio in there. My son was going to come over and start his own business in the corner. And we'd have plenty of room for storage, plenty of room for work. There were lovely big lighted windows. But there was one problem. And that was there is a cafe attached and the smell of chip fat was right through the building. We looked at the building, looked at just around it for about twenty minutes, and when we came out, we both really smelled of chip fat, which meant I couldn't store any eBay stock over there. Plus, I'd need to shower every time I came back home. So, although it was a really good price, the best we can get round here. Oh yeah. But it just wasn't wasn't good enough. Everything was perfect, other than the chip smell. So we were quite devastated about that we have looked around and found ourselves another storage place it is poorly storage it's just one of those trailer backs mm. and it's got plenty of space in it so we are slowly moving all our items down to there The problem is we're using our car and we're very busy, so it's taken a bit longer than we'd planned. I would have by now, liked it all down in the storage, but it's not there yet. But as soon as we get all that sorted, I will have my house back and it will look like a house instead of a warehouse.
1: We are seeing the difference, though. We are seeing the benefit. We can get in the garage now. Oh,
0: yes, that's a novelty.
1: We can get in the garage and uh, we've been able to store items. This is the problem... the items that go down to the lockup need to be things of a scale and size, single unit pieces, because the smaller items we'd be forever back and forth.
0: Yes, and you put on the fuel of running back and forth every time you need to pick up yeah. an item that's only got three or four pound profit in it. You're starting to lose money. So. Yes, and
1: the inconvenience, so yes. time. Mm. You know, time is valuable. You know, it's the one asset we we have to make the most of. But it is getting there, and a couple of the big items that have sold this week are down in the lockup and I can simply go and collect those into the car before the person comes to collect them so that works quite well but of course you still have the issue that of the thousand items I think it is we've got on listed at the moment about eleven hundred I think eleven hundred there we go we we're only going to be storing a small portion of those the larger ones down there. So, of course, we had to come up with a solution here because it's all right to store in your house. We're fortunate we've got quite a large home because of the children have grown up and left. So we've got the rooms, but we don't want it to look like a warehouse. So that was problem two, wasn't it? It wasn't just get the lock up. It was how do we keep 850, 900 things on sale in the house without it feeling as if we're living in a warehouse. And of course, we came up with a solution there.
0: We did. Well, two solutions really. The one thing we did was moved our larger items, that personal items that we don't need at the moment, down into the storage to make space in the garage so we can store a lot of our items in the garage. But also, we went to IKEA and we bought ourselves some really smart-looking storage units. So now we have one lot no i think it's two sections in the conservatory three sections in the storage room come bedroom and one
1: one in, in our bedroom, uh, yeah. one in our bedroom, It's One
0: in our bedroom. It's trying to remember we have so many, but they look really nice. Nobody would guess that they're actually full of eBay stock, all sorts of bits and pieces. They look nice. They look modern and clean because we are thinking about selling our house and we need it to not look like a workspace. I don't mind the office looking like a workspace, but we really need the rest of it to look nice. And I think we're achieving that very slowly, but we're getting there.
1: Yeah, because the thing was, that our, the, the system we've got now it suited us to go over to this, because our previous system, which I'm a great believer in, and if in our next premises, we've got an allotted space that we could use, then I'd be more than happy to go back to, which was the banana box yes. stacking system. That has served us very well. Very sturdy, very cheap. For the last three or four years, since we've really upscaled in the numbers game. Mm. And just going into my local supermarket, we have a Morrison's in the town, And they are happy for me to take away the banana boxes because they don't reuse them in any way. They put them at the front for folks to take their shopping home in. So I bring them up. And then Caroline simply numbers the boxes. I think at one point we got up to box 74. Yes. And we stacked them around the house in stacks of six. And always on our listing, Caroline will put a number at the end. B72, B15, B3. And I know immediately, I just have to locate box three or box 73. And when I get to it, open it up and there'll be perhaps five or six, perhaps 20, depending on the size items inside. And I only have to fish through those to find the product. So that worked well. Now to shift from one system to another, the problem you have if you go too diverse, too different, you end up having to relist everything in order to identify but these units we bought, they stand about uh, five five or six foot high, they're about three to four foot wide, and they're made up of eight square sections. And into each section you simply slide uh, a little box, which is probably, I say little, is probably about 18 inches square. And it that's made up of a cloth or something. And they
0: don't look very big, but they actually hold virtually as much as a banana box. I was yes, quite impressed. We almost
1: I think we transferred virtually all the boxes over number for number.
0: Yes, other than very long things because they're slightly shorter than yeah, a banana box.
1: They had to be taken out. But are in doing that now. I just have a graph in the office, and if it comes in and the old listing system is still on, so if it says box four then I know that's the fourth one down in the unit that's in our bedroom. If it says box 42, I know 40 plus is in the conservatory. And off I go, find the unit, find the box, open it up, and away we go. So that worked quite well. The transition was quite smooth, and it does look a lot neater. It does. (laughs) A lot neater. I've got to give it to IKEA when it comes to storage they have got the edge on banana boxes every time
0: they do they look much nicer yeah there is only one problem with this system but that's not because we're using IKEA storage it's because we are using this system and I am using the system because you always have the problem of user error
1: yes um, they have pilot error and in our case we do have the occasional listing error
0: yes because Sometimes if I'm listing things and I'm putting them into, say, box 32 and then box 32 fills up. So I get out box 33, but I forget to change at the end of my listing which box I'm putting the things into. Now, if ever we make a mistake and something isn't in a box, it's not too bad if Phil checks either the box above or the box below the number on the title. But sometimes because the other boxes are full, I'll jump to, say, box 47 and then...
1: The problem is search we, the house we have
0: no idea which box is in and that can get very frustrating but still other than that it's a pretty good system
1: in fairness i th- i think i can count on one hands the number of times i've had to go through every single box yes in search and for some reason when i do that it's generally in the last quarter of the boxes it's, it's never <laughs> in the first one it's you're never looking right in for some the reason. first or two one or two no not at all but Such is life, you know, if you've got a system, every system is going to have its issues, but if you do your best, and if it works, and it has worked, because we've managed to be running eBay now for this number of years, and so far... We've managed to get the deliveries out unless the error is that something's been relisted that's sold, which has happened once or twice.
0: It has. I'm not quite sure why that happens. It must be me again. Sometimes, though, I do think that it's an issue with eBay because I'll go on and I'll think, ah, this is unlisted. It's something that didn't sell and it's got to the end of the month and I need to relist it. And I think I'm sure I relisted that yesterday. And when I check, yes, I had. So I think there are some glitches sometimes and that's my excuse and I'm sticking to it.
1: Well, I've got to be honest. Now, this will be encouragement for everyone out there because I'm sure, like us, you all have those days when things don't quite go right. But in fairness, we can't blame anyone for the fact that we once took an item off sale and I being so efficient because with our off sale items, we donate them to a friend's charity shop to support the work that he does with AIDS children in Romania which is just in the neighbouring village. And I was so efficient because usually I'll be a week or two before I get the boxes down. You took it all off sale. said, Mm. right, this can go, this stock, because it's been there a while. Let's let the charity shop have it. And I took the boxes. You did. And something that hadn't sold in six months sold the next day.
0: Yes, I accidentally relisted it. I took it off sale, so it went into my unsolds, And then when I was relisting things, I didn't realise I hadn't deleted it so we had to go back to the charity shop
1: and And on a failed attempt
0: it was a failed it was
1: they they laughed when i went in there i said i've come to try and buy back a product but it wasn't there and it we had to take the strike and that and and that's the thing one you don't want to let a customer down but they're always very good about it when you explain that um, the item was no longer in stock but it's a strike with eBay, and that's why you want to avoid because it's maintaining every opportunity you've got and top-rated seller and such like other things you want to hang on to. That's right. We don't get too many. We, we don't. still got our top-rated seller. We have at the yeah. moment,
0: yes. We're doing okay.
1: Yeah. So it's not errors all the way. Most of the errors you can pick up and correct yourself. Yes. A couple slip through the net do. But it's just having a go, but yeah. That's
0: right. It's not good beating yourself up because Never. everybody makes mistakes. None of us are perfect. And at the time, even though you feel gutted inside, it's remembering that you're not the first person to make that mistake and you're certainly not the last.
1: Well, actually, I was listening to a piece this morning by Brian Tracy and he said there's been research done by a business school and they found that people who make a business or build up something significant, that 70% of their decisions will be mistakes. 70%. He said, not that you know they're mistakes at the time, but they will prove to be mistakes in the future. But he said, it doesn't matter because what matters is you keep moving forward, you keep making choices, And you realise, and it's the people that have done the best have made the most mistakes. The number of people who are tremendously successful. The number of millionaires who have gone through bankruptcy during their course and journey to get there. So we all learn to walk by falling down. But uh, we just try not to fall down too often. That's right. So what else has been happening for us this week? That's of relevance perhaps to you out there. I don't know how many of you are noticing it, but uh, for us in Wales, particularly now the weather's turned and the issue of sourcing is changing. Uh, I think it is seasonal. The, the, the car boot sales pretty much run to their end. I understand from a friend that gear our nearest car boot sale, was open last Sunday but there was next to no one there, and I'm not surprised, because with the weather we've been having, the sellers didn't expect it to be on, the buyers didn't expect it to be on. We've got a couple of, we've got one or two indoor, haven't we, there?
0: Yeah, quite a drive away for us?
1: They though. are, yes. Uh, it's it's a good hour to get to the one, and an hour, and plus to get to the other. So when you're heading off for six o'clock on a Sunday morning, that can be a bit of a bit of a track, a bit of a trek, but, it's always an issue. It's always finding the stock as well as listing and selling. You have to source it. And we've recently, I think over the last few months, we've had a go at a few auctions, haven't we? Yes. And That's we enjoy proved those. interesting. Yeah, I, I, do, I think you must have a certain kind of mind, which I've obviously got. But even though we may be at the auction for five or six hours, I'm happy to sit there and just watch the sale of items that perhaps I've no intention on buying. But it's the knowledge, it's the, it's the amazement sometimes at what some things sell for.
0: Oh, we were in an auction a few weeks ago, and there was just a little lump of stone. If you looked carefully, you could see there seem to be originally the shape of a person on it. I thought, hmm, that's okay. As a little bit of an artefact, I wonder how much that will go for. I would probably pay them twenty pounds for that. <laughs> but the bidding got away, and I think it ended up on one thousand eight hundred pounds.
1: I so. know. Yes, I, I said to Caroline, there was a, there was a Buddha's head there as well, wasn't there? Oh, that? I love that. And, really and nice, you know, thinking in our budget schemes, you know, and I said, and I said, I think that's a really good piece. I said, I really do. I said, I'd I'd go into the hundreds on that. Well, I didn't have to worry. Because it started in the thousands, it did. Yes, no
0: hope of us getting that. (laughs) So
1: that was well out of our our knowledge and price range. But uh, it's still interesting because it sticks. Because in all honesty, this can genuinely happen. You can be at an auction and you can see an item, and it may go for hundreds of pounds. And you could be in a nether situation, you could be in a junk shop, in an antique shop, you could be in a fair or a car boot sale, or even a charity shop, and think to yourself, heck, I've seen that somewhere before. That's and, right. and you could be looking at something that's a couple of pound, and you, because you've sat there and taken it all in, because that's happened to us a few times, not on the hundreds of pounds. No, but not yet. No, but uh, a number of times we've been in a charity shop and Caroline will simply pick something up and she say, I'll have that. And I know at that moment there's no need to ask any questions. Just pop over to the till, give the lady the pound and then ask Caroline when we get outside. And Caroline will say, I was going to doing some research, I was looking at something, I was going through some lists and I spotted one of those. And I'm 95% sure that that sells for 40 pounds. And lo and behold, we come home and they do. So knowledge, is so powerful it is and
0: that's why it's good to watch things like all the different resellers sales videos haul videos because even though you don't have to sit there and memorize everything they say sometimes you're out in the wild searching and something will just click and you'll think i've seen that and i know it's worth a good couple of pounds so definitely if ever you're bored you've got nothing to do watch another reseller video because they're such a useful resource
1: yeah because we're all finding different things we all have something to share and we all have something to learn. That's right. And that's what I love about the, the reselling world on, on YouTube and through Facebook, is the number of people who are out there, just like ourselves, who want to share with others, want to just share the knowledge. We're out there. We're, we're all in this together. We're all trying to make this work. And there's a lot of stuff. We ain't going to be buying it all. We ain't going to be selling it all. But we can share the, the share the ideas share the news with one another and see what comes and it's interesting what we pick up it's interesting what we see even in the auctions uh one of the things i find absolutely amazing with auctions is when we'll buy a box because we pick up a box the the auctioneer might say i've got these three boxes here and um, clearance who wants to give me five pounds and maybe they'll go for 10 12 something like that usually Mm. And we bring them back and we'll have a look and we'll think, oh, there's there's something in there that's interesting. But what we find time and time again is that there's something in the bottom of one of those boxes that we would never have identified.
0: That's right. And I have no idea when I pick it up and then I check the price on eBay and think, whoa, I didn't realize it was worth that much. That's right. And that's part of the fun, I think. Now, this may seem terribly extravagant, but I think if you buy three auction boxes for £12, then you get £12 worth of value just rummaging through, seeing what you've got. And you'll get your money back on £12 anyway if you just put it as a cardboard sale job lot.
1: That's right, because um, just last week, wasn't it, we had a sale on the uh, shepherd's door plate? Yes. Which you didn't even know was in there. That was face down in the bottom of the box. It was just like a bit of tin.
0: Yes, not any big. What was it, about 3 4 inches by about 8 inches, a little plate for fixing on the door, and I sold that for £20. So that was quite a nice little bit of profit there for something I didn't even know I had.
1: And even if you did the maths on the boxes, it would have owed us a few pence, perhaps 50p. But in reality, it owed us nothing because it wasn't an identifiable item. That's right. And I think it was early on we had to the... I think that's what really gave us the bug. It may have been the first auction boxes we bought, which would have probably been a year last April, the first time we went to an auction. We didn't go back for another year then. We just went and tried an auction just to have a go. And we bought a box there. And I think the box was actually old clocks. I think, was it old clocks? And there was a thermometer. That yes, you found right, yes. in the bar, but well, you didn't even see in there. It was no,
0: a beaker, like the moment, a, a desktop, thermometer. Yeah, time, it was.
1: It? it probably about f- four inches square and three mm, inches high at the most. It was
0: red, and red is always a good color.
1: Yeah, well, it actually proved to be on this case because we found one that had sold in black for forty pounds. Was it? Yes. And the, they said, but uh, if but there is a red one, but they are they are rarer, and oh. we sold our red one for what did we get? Was I it think s- it was sixty pounds. Sixty, I can't I remember. But well, that's what the number I had in mind. £60. So, yeah, it was a while back. Maybe
0: sixty-five. But I think it was
1: sixty. But it was definitely in the sixties, and we'd we bought it for the clocks because, and we sold the clocks. Yeah. I think we've sold every clock that was in that box now. We're All gone. So we probably, may, we, well, we did. We we tenfold back on the box in the clocks but the beauty was we paid about a tenner for the box and we got 60 straight off for the for the one item that we didn't know was there that's right and i think that's the beauty with all the knowledge with all the finding out with all the research and as caroline said if you don't feel like sitting and just trolling through lists of stuff then listen to some of the sellers that are out there do that research but even when you've done it all you still have those surprises. That's
0: right. Yes, nice surprises. Yeah,
1: those nice surprises, and they're great. And uh, perhaps you've had some. It'd be brilliant to you know, for to hear from folks because if you want to put a comment on below this and and let us share with us some of the things you found and the stories you have, and hopefully um, as we develop the podcast, if it's successful and people are enjoying it. We'll be able to find a way in which we can interact and perhaps get some of those stories in beforehand and get some questions in and stuff like that as well. But uh, that that's that's the the big thing with sourcing is to be diverse. You I think see. that is the key. Obviously, we are as diverse as it comes when to sell in what we sell, but also be diverse in the variety of sources that you have, such as yes, don't limit yourself. Yeah, do charity shops, mm. do the car boot sales. Do the local auctions, try if you buy on eBay. Yeah. Because it's I know we sell on eBay, folks, but don't forget, sometimes there's an item that goes under the radar. There's something out there that the seller doesn't realise the value of, other people haven't picked up on, but you know you've sold it before. And you know that I could buy that, pay the postage, get it, yeah. And use the booty if you buy an item on eBay, particularly if you buy a single item at a good price. You get it fully packaged when it arrives. So if they yes. pack it well, open it up, check it's fine, and they just put it back in after you photographed it, and you've got it ready, packed to go. So, but that's what I mean is diversity mm. of source yeah. rather than just diversity of items. That is, I think, important because you never know when a source is going to dry up.
0: No, that's right.
1: You know, we had it because our favourite auction back last year that we love to go to down West oh, Wales. It's a very good place. Everybody, the prices were good, the people were good, the the, the atmosphere was great, the auctioneer was funny. Yes. Uh, so We enjoyed it so much, and we went there two or three times, and then sadly, due to a family crisis, the, the company had to close. Mm. And uh, we were so touched by our enjoyment of being there. You actually put out a tribute video to them when they closed, and they were really touched by that, weren't they? Yes. Because it was... Uh, you know it, But if we had thought, right, that's it, we can stop doing everything else, we've got this wonderful place that we can go to, this Aladdin's cave, and then suddenly you go back and the cave is closed.
0: Yes, that was very disappointing.
1: It was, but we moved on, and that's why you always have to be ready to do. And if you keep a number of fires, uh, irons in the fire, as they used to say, then at least you've got something else to turn to, so you're never on stop.
0: That's right. Now, what we could do now is have a chat about our sales. We do a sales video once a week with our top ten sales, which are the more interesting things or some of the higher priced things to show you just a variety of things we sell. But as an overview of our sales, things have been very strange lately. Things are up and down. Now, I've seen growth in my sales from when we first started with lower numbers of listings, and as I put more listings on, I get more sales. But recently, this last couple of months. I get days when absolutely nothing sells and then other days when I sell, 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 sell. It's a conspiracy theory and I have no proof (laughs) whatsoever, but this seems to be happening to a lot of people. I'm wondering if we get days when eBay, for some reason, whether it's a glitch or on purpose, is putting our listings perhaps to the bottom or not showing us. I really don't know what's going on, but I'm convinced something is going on. I don't understand what, but there's something strange that I can get. I get up in the morning if I've had no sales by 11 o'clock, I know pretty much... I'm not switched on today and I'm not going to get any sales and generally that's the way it works. But if I get a few sales in before 11 o'clock, then I know I'm set for a good sales day. Whether that is true or not, I don't know. But at the end of the day, if it's true or if it's not true, I know the one thing that I can do to improve my sales is to list more. Because on those days when I'm getting lots of sales, more that's listed the more choice there is for people to buy so the sales have still been coming in fairly consistently over a week it's no good looking day on day but if I look at the weekly sales then I'm quite happy my sales are still coming in very well one of the things because we've got the storage now we can go for higher priced items and that's really paying off we sold quite a few higher priced items because they're so large this week and I'd like to get that to be quite the regular thing I'll tell you a story another time of why I'll be changing that format in the future. But for now, I'm going for bigger items because they got a bigger profit in a lot of cases. And it's working out really well for us. I've raised my baseline profit from about £5 to about 15 to £20 per item. So I'm really making progress there it's not a fast progress and if any of you were trying to raise your average selling price it can be quite a slow tedious journey because you need to learn more and be a little bit more accurate with what you buy but it is possible and i think it happens naturally eventually you just get to know phil for example didn't really know much about ebay but now we go into shop often and you'll point things out won't you
1: oh yeah i used to be the carrier the payer and the packer how, you know, that was my role, wasn't it? Because I, But I've, I've learned through working alongside Caroline. Uh, the, the other thing I was thinking as you were talking there as well when you said about the sales is that in fairness, if it is a glitch, it seems to be a glitch or, or even if it's a, a, a deliberate necessity because of the vast number of uh, c- clients that they now have, because when it does switch back on, it flows in. Because yes. we go from no sales for 24 hours to seven sales sort of in a matter of succession. They come one after the other. We're getting ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. And then it, then it cuts. So it's like as if we suddenly go from the bottom to the top. Yes. You know, so it's, it's not a case of having a whinge. But it's important what you said about viewing things over the long term. I'm glad that eBay allows you that 60 days of history. Because on occasions I will switch it on to sold for sixty days, and have a little look at the figure there. Because that's the figure really, that is important. It's what our sales are over that period. It's of time. Averages
0: it out nicely. Then, it isn't does it? It that, such a long period.
1: Yeah, because I think any shorter period, and you can get a bit nervous and a bit worried. Mm. But in every in every line of work, we, there are always those high days and low days. There are always positives and negatives but they do give you a good range of information that enables you to view things on a better understanding of where you are. As I say, that's what what I find, is looking over the long view. Always plan and look over the long view, and if you've had two, three days when you're thinking, eBay isn't working for me anymore, don't panic, that's not where it's at. It's, how are you doing over the month?
0: That's right. The big message, I suppose, is don't panic. No matter how bad it seems, it's not a case... You do feel sometimes, oh, I'm never going to sell anything ever again. But you will. You definitely will. So don't get upset if you're not making sales. Just carry on listing. As I always say, if it's not listed, you can't sell it. And those sales will start back up again. I've noticed now that we've sold quite a few Christmas items too because we're in Q4 now and things are picking up. But I have been selling Christmas things through the year. Even so, they are starting to get more popular now. So if you've got any Christmas things there, get them listed.
1: And another important thing as well, where Caroline was mentioning about Don't Panic, is that it isn't over until it's over. I, I love the uh, young man in the, what's that film? The, the, first Best, Mar- the Best, Best Marigold Hotel. That's right, The Best Marigold Hotel. I love that movie and I love the sequel. And the young man on there that keeps saying, it'll always work out in the end. And if it hasn't worked out yet, it isn't the end. And we've had an example of that quite recently because we made a sale and we were thrilled. We'd made this sale and great... And then the sale fell through because the person who bought had to collect, and they didn't collect, and they failed on the sale because they couldn't arrange the collection, and that was quite disappointing. Until we sold the same item now, and we've sold it for more than double the price that it sold for last time. Almost three times the price, almost three times. Yeah, it's quite
0: nice that they didn't get it on the first run.
1: That's it. And again, because it's a large item, and that'll always be an issue when you're waiting on collection. We were waiting. And it didn't come off last time. We're in the middle of dealing with it this time. But we've had another customer come forward and say, I just want you to know that if this falls through, I'm willing to match the price that won that auction and we can sort it out. So we know we've got it in the bag now for a much, much better price. Mm. So the disappointment then and the frustration has been replaced now with a sense of, I'm so glad it didn't sell. Yes. So it, the story goes on. So wherever you are at the moment, if you've just had been let down or if something's not gone right for you, whether it's in the selling world or whether it's outside of the selling world, it ain't over yet. There's going to come a moment when things will come right. As the young man said, if it doesn't come right yet, it is in the end.
0: This podcast, as you know, is in early days at episode one. If you've got any ideas for sections, things you'd like covered, then let us know because we thought we could do things like issues we've had with customers, any sales that may be interesting or our sales situation for the week and also our sourcing for the week. But if there's anything else that you'd like to know, then let us know. We'll see if we can fit in another slot too.
1: Yeah, it would be great because really we want this to grow around what people want to hear. We, we don't want to sit here and talk. We want to sit here and communicate interesting and relevant information. So the more comments we get, the more inquiries we get, the more ideas we get, then we can design this so that it's serving. Because if, if I always work on the premise, I remember a teacher in school saying once, don't be afraid to put your hand up and ask a question because the chances are that half the class I wanting to ask the same thing so if one or two of you have got an interest in a particular area we could cover there's probably hundreds of people out there who would find that useful as well so work with us please put the comments in and let us know because we'd love to build this up make this a regular item what yep. day is it today it's friday
0: it is friday all day
1: right so maybe we could make it a regular friday slot to get out to our podcast Podcast. Yes. Yeah. So if we can do that, that would be great. So let us know what you think. We look forward to your feedback. But for now, I think we've covered all that we had planned for today.
0: We have. So we'll talk to you next time.
1: Yeah. Bye. Bye.